Hi, welcome to the Power and Community Podcast. This is part two with Quentin, who is a principal. I am Stephanie. I am the executive director for Art of Me. Art of Me, we are a nonprofit organization in which we work with young people to share their stories and perspectives through writing, film, and art. This is an amazing podcast. Quentin shared a lot of information about COVID and its effects on family, the community, and young people. Check it out, part two. With the insight that you're giving us, Quinn, from how COVID's impacting not only our schools, but our communities and what that might look like for the future, not only the future from five to 10 years from now, we're talking about near future within the next six months to a year. What type of advice or what even type of support would you like to see from your colleagues or even your colleagues being from fellow principals to even um, superintendents or even to teachers? your colleagues, all the way down to the custodian that's there, the bus driver. From what I've heard, some of the bus drivers won't be working for the next couple of months because there's no one to transport. I mean, what type of support would you like to see for your colleagues to help us get through this so our whole student and school infrastructure won't collapse in the next six months? So I, I truly believe that the school family would be equivalent to the family that you had when you were growing up. So you know how you had to, you could go outside and you can play, but your mom would let your neighbor to your left and your neighbor to your right, give you a spanking if you was out of line, give you a tongue lashing if you was out of line, your neighbor to your left, your neighbor to your right. Um, if you were hungry, they would feed you. Um, at that time, it was a little bit more safer, so you could go to their house. You know, it, it was a community feeling and everybody felt like family. And I think now schools are moving to that um, from your custodian all the way up to your, your principal. There is no level of, well, I'm just a custodian. No, everybody's on the same playing field now because it's gonna take everybody to, to work together to get this, um, to get through this. And not only is it gonna take everybody to get through this, we have to um, depend on one another. So for example, um, you know, like my custodian um, was so appreciative because today I went around and helped him take out the trash in the building. And it wasn't because I, I needed to do that. I saw a level of stress on him. So if I could do whatever I can in my free time to help you, I'm going to do it. And the same with me. Um, you know, there are some teachers who have stepped up and say, you know, what, what do you need help with? Because I know it's a lot. Um, I have a little free time. What can I help? Um, so schools are being forced to become this, this family atmosphere where we're taking your child and we're, we're loving them on all, on all sides. Like, it's not just the responsibility of a teacher to give that social emotional piece. It's now the responsibility of the school building. And what was the second part of your question? I'm sorry. But the type of support that you would like to see within the school family, how can the support continue or strengthen the school infrastructure so it won't collapse within the next six months or 12 months? Because school, as we know, has forever been changed. Right. So what type of support would you like to see continues on to strengthen this type of new school that we're about to walk into? So I think the family atmosphere is extremely, um, it's the foundational piece for right now. But one of the things that you have to look at um, that a lot of people haven't really 
um, acknowledged, but I'm going to say it. Um, the school system is the only platform that has survived several, many, a lot of crises in the world. We can just think about our generation, 9-11. Remember where you, just remember where you, where you were when 9-11 hit. Right. Um, chicken pox. Uh, um, what are some other things that happened? Uh, uh, what's the, the one that you get from school the meat? shootings. We're getting the school. School, school shootings. Yeah. So <laughs> schools are very resilient and people don't realize that, you know, even when we had the worst economic situation ever, schools still were thriving. They don't get the money that, they're, that, that, that they should, but they're still thriving. Because what we recognize as educators is that we are not doing this for today. We're doing this for generations to come. So in order for us to make sure that we still are, are going to be stable, we have to, we have to, oh, I'm telling you. I can go on with this. We have to make sure that our kids are educated to carry this torch. So I think when it comes to education, education is the only field that truly has withstood the time, whether it's pre-K through five, whether it's middle school, whether it's high school or on the collegiate level. Education is the only thing. Think about on the collegiate level during a civil rights movement. They were the leaders of the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. Think about your John Lewis's and your college students. Think about that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, education will be okay. We'll be all right. Do you see education in schools as the heartbeat of America? It's the heartbeat. It's the bloodline. It's the the kidney. It's the fingertips. It's the toes. uh, It's the eyeball. It's the nose. It's everything. It's everything. Because even when you think about it, let's say you don't go to college, because I am a believer that college isn't for everybody. But I think we as adults should make the choice for a student to say college is or is not for you. They should be the ones to make that choice. However, majority of the people that's doing well have at least a sixth grade education. Hmm. So there's some foundational pieces there. You know, you can go back and do some research of a lot of the millionaires and, and people that are out here that, you know, some of these people only have sixth grade education or high school education. It's still the foundational piece. You know, so it's, it's definitely the heartbeat of, of America, of the world, of the world. Hmm. So with schools being the heartbeat, the toes, the nose, the foot, the mouth, <laughs> world, um, how would you like to see education different after COVID? Do you feel as so though this could be an opportunity for education reform? And if so, how would you like to see it after COVID? We have no choice for it to be a reform. So even though education has withstood the times of crisis and crisis rather and things of that nature, this is the first time that it's affected the poorest and the richest. We can't, we're not going back to what it was. We're not going back to what it was. And we actually have an opportunity for it to be the same playing field, level playing field for anyone who's attending school, whether it's pre-K or college level. This is that time. The question is, 
what our, our school leaders or the leadership of a district or of all schools, what are they going to do to continue that? That's the question. Because right now you have no choice. But when this goes away, because I have faith that COVID will go away. I, I, have, I have faith that COVID will go away. And I believe everything happens for a reason. But I, I do feel that COVID will go away. When it goes away, then what? And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I don't know. I have my wants, but I can't 100% sit here and say that I believe that we will continue to be on the same playing field when this is over. I cannot sit here and say, if I sat here and say that, to say that, I would be lying, that I believe that. And I, I don't know if I believe that. It's really interesting with the impact of having technology, not having technology or support or help during this time of COVID. How are we going to come out of it? Correct. And what does that look like? Right. What does that look like? Well, how could COVID be an opportunity for better schools, more support, and more access to student education? How can this be an opportunity for better schools? If you could create your wish list and how COVID um, can change the world. If you could create your own wish list of how COVID can change America, America will have better schools, more student, teacher, family support, more access to education. What do you see? How do you see that? Some thoughts I'm thinking is, and definitely I'm not trying to influence your thoughts. I'm just saying it's a wide range, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. A hundred years from now, again, you know, some educators said we're doing, we're studying the same thing in some schools that we did 100 years from now. You mentioned earlier that some schools don't even have a printer, and we're in 2020 right now. You know, this is a time that if you have not been technology advanced or technically advanced the last 20 years, it's really catching up to you in an emergency situation. It's like call 911 right now because we, we need help in this town, and it might be a school, a classroom, or a teacher who still doesn't know how to access their emails. And not to say that that's a wrong thing or a bad thing, but how would you like to see this as an opportunity to push our schools, our youth, and to have better quality and more access to education so it is more of an equal playing field? So I will say right now, COVID has or is and will be shining a light on teachers who don't do what they're supposed to do, on principals who don't do what they're supposed to. Okay, let me rewind that. COVID is shining a light on teachers who don't teach, principals who don't lead, and superintendents who don't support. And if anything, it is going to give parents the opportunity and the power and the guts to speak out we can no longer afford our kids to be the recipients of bad education. And we are no longer able to have our kids be the recipients of secondhand education. We, it has no choice but to change because if it doesn't change, you're gonna lose the kids because they're gonna go somewhere where it has changed. You know, you're not going to, especially in this time, you're not going to stay in a, in, a, in a district that's not moving the needle in this time when the district next to you is. You get what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's definitely going to cause a lot of changes that I think is not necessarily a want, but a must. 
in order for you to to to, to thrive in this in this area. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say for that. <laughs> if you could write a statement, a paragraph of what you want to see a year from now in 2021 with the what COVID has done within our school system, what's your wish list of what you see where we at a year from now, the fall of 2021? So a year from now, I would love to see students who are technology savvy, teachers who are technology savvy, um, teachers who are teaching our kids on a level that has never been seen before, a level of rigor, a level of engagement, and a level of high learning environment. Um, for our, our parents, I would love to see our parents more engaged. I would love to see our parents speaking up. Um, I would love for our parents to have the tools to be able to identify when their kid is when their kid has a deficit or if their kid is excelling and not being challenged. I would love for our community to be partnerships um, with schools, um, but more importantly with our families to know that we're in this together. And I would love for specifically our students to receive an education that their mind could have never fathomed. And the type of education and the way the delivery of the education to see a different type that their mind can never fathom, to make them want to come to school, to make them want to be better citizens, to make them want to, to, to go further once they leave high school. That's what I would like to see. Mm. And so what about yourself? What about yourself as a principal a year from now? How would you have liked to see when we meet with you a year from now? What type of development do you want to see um, in yourself for this COVID, this COVID new way of life? So I would start off by saying I don't want to have additional gray hairs. <laughs> I want to continue <laughs> to lose the weight that I lost because of not getting sleep. Um, I would love to make or, or I would love to see growth in me being a supporter to my teachers. The best leader supports without the acknowledgement. The best leaders support without the acknowledgement. Oftentimes we have leaders and not just in education, just period. That I was going to say something, but look at the person who's up there. You need a pat on the back every time you do something for somebody. No, no. If you're in education, you're not in it for the money and you're not in it for the praise. You're in it to do well by kids. So a leader leads and supports without the acknowledgement. And that's what I will. That's what I want to be better at. Um, and also knowing how to identify resources and plug them with the right people and the right families and the right teachers when they're needed. Those are my goals. Awesome. I'm excited to see what this new year's school year brings. Is there anything else you would like to share for any of our listeners, our parents, our teachers, or any of our community members that might be listening to this podcast? Just know that we're not in this alone. We're all in this together. Um, it's definitely going to take all of us to work together. Um, it's going to cause us to get out of our little bubbles and start working as a community. You know, bringing back the old community feel from back in the day. That's what it's going to force us. Um, and it's also going to force um, us to want better. Because if you're saying you're okay during this, something's wrong with you. We got to want better. We got to want better. And, and, and I will say this outside of education. 
if you have not taken advantage of this time to do something better, to create something, to inspire something, to research something more, you're wasting this time. Like I said, everything happens for a reason. So utilize this time to do something that you've always wanted to do. Utilize this time to get yourself right, get your mental right. That's a huge accomplishment. You'll be surprised of how many people are walking around and don't have this together. Do something for yourself that will benefit you once we, that's the message that I want to say. Do something for yourself that will benefit you once this period is over. That's awesome. Make this period worthwhile. I love it. Make it work worthwhile. You always have to look at the positive in a negative situation. And once you start looking at the positive in a negative situation, your mindset changes. And yes, you, you'll grow. You'll, you'll, you'll see growth in yourself. So look at the positive in the situation. Thanks for that. That's really inspirational. Thank you. This no problem. Creative director. She's here also. Cecilia, you have something you want to share about um, what you discovered or even um, thought about during this wonderful podcast? I actually was like not going to say anything. And then you said something at the end. I was like, I have to turn my mic on now. Thank you. <laughs> well, one, um, just coming from the college perspective, thank you for acknowledging that it's also going to, it's also going to be challenging, but something worthwhile on, on that level as well. Um, Cause we do have more resources on the collegiate level, but we also have, different challenges in that this the students are not we can't we can't go to the parents if the students are not cooperating so we have that challenge on our hands so we're what we're, we're relying on is the students and their morals and their ethics which begins in the lower levels and with what art of me does um secondly i really love the fact that you said leaders lead without acknowledgement, like real leaders lead without acknowledgement. And also that you, you know, you were saying how this pandemic showed how uh, you'll see who, who principals are leading, what teachers are really teaching. Um, and, and I think I've, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen teachers who have risen to the occasion, teachers who have consistently um, challenged themselves or just even working harder now than students, than teachers who are basically kind of giving up, which in some cases I understand. Um, but then I also see principals who are, who are just like lost because they weren't prepared. And no one really wasn't prepared for this, but they also just aren't prepared to lead. Um, the acknowledgement part I love is because I, you know, I was thinking about it a lot, but a lot of times leaders lead with the expectation of, of being acknowledged, but also you don't criticize in public you praise in public and you you criticize or you, I guess, give feedback, um, constructive feedback in private. And a lot of the times I don't see that happen. And I, and I, and just to get, just hearing you talk, I hear that that's how you operate, which I think fosters a lot of strength in the teachers now because they need that too. But yeah, it's, it's so we need leaders like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was thank a long you. convoluted way to get there, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, the, the biggest thing is that even before COVID, it takes a different type of person to be in education. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it takes a different type of, of tenacity, a different type of spirit, a different type of resilience. And now that COVID has happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's weeding out more teachers. It's weeding out more educators. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so funny. It's yeah. Every time, like specifically when I talk to my mom, I'm like, this is crazy. Like this COVID situation, because just think in March, I thought by April, May, 
well, April, May, a little bit of June, we will be okay. It's gotten worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man. So, you know, but, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't help that we don't have a, um, a plan, but <laughs> a national plan, but that's right. another podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Invite me to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Look, I was trying not to blur the lines. I know, I know. Me to that one. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of hard not to. It's really kind of hard not to these days. And because everything affects everything. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's not even a toolbox for parents, for teachers, for ed- no one has yeah. a toolbox. You know, one thing I've noticed: you've been giving tools and pieces of information because it's, it's it's honestly clear that you're not a, just a principal. You're a mentor, you know, from your words, I hear you're an active community member, you're a friend, you're, you're everything, because you understand where we are. You're not just a principal or just a leader. You are actively in this with us, and you're trying to use your skill and your expertise and your insight to navigate through, and that's what we need more of. We need navigation skills, because this is really rough times. It is. Um, I want to just thank you for your, your clarity and just your insight on how to make it feel real for us that we're, we're in this. We're in this, and there's no playbook. There's no blueprint. There's, and it ain't even coming. I mean, <laughs> it's coming through the Postal Service. We sure shouldn't be waiting for it neither. I mean. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> so where we are, it's, it's just an interesting place. And I just want to say I'm so appreciative of podcasts like this that um, give a voice to um, a field that's often misrepresented or often misinterpreted. That's the word I was looking for. And because people don't really know the ends of education unless you've been in there um, in the field, you, you can kind of have a clouded mind about it. So I just thank you for giving a voice to that um, because we all have different walks of life. You know, how I used to think as a teacher, I don't think the same way as an administrator. You know, I, I have more on the on my plate, but I'm also, the buck stops with me. You know what I mean? And just for me to be able to give, you know, your listeners uh, an insight on what it's like to be a principal during COVID, you know, I just appreciate that because oftentimes it's kind of like, you have no idea. I just appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for all the listeners who have listened to our podcast, Power and Community. And we are featuring Quentin, who is a principal in Cleveland, Ohio. If you'd like to hear more about our podcast, go to our website at www.artofme.org. Check us out on Instagram, which is Art of Me, or and check us out on Facebook at Art of Me. Org. Thank you for your time. Join us next time. Call us, email us, reach out to us. Let's get in the talk and let's see what power is in our community. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>